0: This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. And we are back, folks. My guess is you thought this day would never come. It's the reunion tour. It's the holiday special, even though we're in mid-May. Uh, Ray, it's Charlie. Your Side Low Podcast. Welcome back. Coach, it's,
1: <laughs> Coach, it's great, to, great to talk to you. Glad uh, even after a long hiatus, we uh,
0: keep it going. I had to dust off all the equipment, remember all the old logins and passwords, and uh, we're praying that, uh, <laughs> that while we're recording is actually recording. <laughs> so, uh, good to have you back, Ray. Um, actually, I think, looking back, the last time we met was May 10th of 2022. And, Ray, do you remember why we had a podcast on May 10th, 2022?
1: I feel like the uh, state tournament was coming up.
0: That is correct, and we had our, our usual uh, Final Four hurrah with Coach Don Casey. Um, and guess what? It is <laughs> It is May 10th, 2023, and we are down to the final four uh, in Missouri water polo for the high school championship. So um, that's why Ray and I got together and decided maybe we should lay down a podcast uh, since we've been uh, on hiatus for a year. So a lot has happened. Uh, Ray's, as most of you probably know, is currently living in Boston. Uh, Ray, tell us, tell us a little bit about Boston. How's it treating you?
1: Yeah. um, No, glad, uh, glad we can get together to do this. Um, I've I've been up here uh, two years now and we'll be up here for uh, two more, but um, always great to, uh, talk water polo. And, um, I, I, was, I did a podcast actually a couple of months ago with, uh, Jason Newland from St. Louis children's and, uh, he brought up when's the, uh, when's the next near side low podcast coming out. So um, <laughs> always, always, uh, good to keep it going. But, uh, yeah, Boston is, I'm, I'm, I'm in a great time up here and, and learning a lot. Um still involved with water polo up here. Um, that's what I,
0: that's what I want to, I want to touch on. So we're kind of in our little bubble here in St. Louis and Missouri, so I know that having some conversations with you outside of podcasting, that you're obviously involved in water polo there. You got a brother or two that's involved in water polo out on the west. So what's going on outside of St. Louis and water polo?
1: Yeah, so it's been a great opportunity for me to see what's going on here in, in the northeast. I mean, we, we always hear about California and now growing uh, in Texas as well, but um, there's, a, there's a nice water polo community up here in the northeast. Um, particularly in Boston, um, there are um, multiple colleges, both the club and varsity level, that are playing. Um, and uh, I, I play with one of the masters teams up here, um, Metro Water Polo, um, and it's it's a it's a it's a really nice community. And uh, getting to play masters, but um, also at the college level, um, seeing some of the athletes that play up here. I I at Metro, I get to get in with um, coaches at some of the varsity programs around here, and I. I always say I think there are athletes in St. Louis that that could play up here and um, that can play in in this in this area. So um, so it does not have as much uh, high school water polo as is the Midwest, but um, still a a good community nonetheless.
0: All right. Good. Well, good to hear. Well, we're glad that you're staying involved in polo. We wish you were Cool side a little more here in St. Louis, but, you know, may, maybe in the future, maybe in the future. Um, okay, well, obviously, Nearside Low Podcast, people, you want to hear a little bit about St. Louis polo, so um, let's jump into that. Uh, 2023 season, um, you know, if we do a quick recap, uh, in true St. Louis tradition, uh, the kickoff JV tournament or tournament as a whole for the for the St. Louis area was, of course, the JV Cowbell Classic that I think St. Louis U High's JV team ended up winning. Um, it's always an exciting, it's kind of the, you know, the first Friday and Saturday that we're allowed contest. It's always touch and go because you've got athletes that were sick or on vacation and potentially don't have enough practices to play. Are you going to be able to field the full team? Do we have snow days? There's a lot of drama surrounding that tournament, and uh, that's what I think always makes it kind of exciting Uh, and then as we rolled through the season we ended up in true tradition uh, with the Lindbergh Invitational which we just wrapped up I think well we're going on about two weeks ago Um, and there of course was a lot going on in between Um, and one of those tournaments that Ray I know you were able to stop by poolside was the DeSmet Invitational Um, and we had quite a few out-of-town teams coming in for that Um, and we had quite a few good matchups plus a tornado I guess alert warning where everybody had to clear the pool for a while that Saturday evening, um, but all in all it was uh, it was a pretty good season. What'd you think about the dismet Invite Ray? You've been gone for a long time.
1: So I enjoyed seeing uh, the tournament just with the amount of parity that was it was there. It was fun to see so the the play that was was going on. I, I was particularly impressed with the goaltending um, during that tournament. Um, I know uh, there's been um, multiple people. Um, named, including at Parkway Central with Ian Conway in uh, his goaltending. But um, I was also very impressed with the goaltending at Sioux High, um, at Parkway West. Some of the old, other goaltenders in that tournament. I thought um, the goaltending was something that um, seems to have elevated over the past couple of years. I saw a number of teams that seemed to have it seemed to have a full six players uh, that um, were contributing, which is often indicative of uh, teams that, that can compete well. And I think. That may may be one of the reasons why um, some of these teams we're going to be talking about here in a little bit have have beaten each other just because there's not necessarily one team that stands out as as the best team.
0: Most definitely. I would agree with that. A lot of parity this year. Um, It was fun. I also kind of have highlighted here you had quite a few teams travel to Chicago over spring break. Um, or weekends to play, Parkway Central and Parkway West were both at the Fenwick Tournament, which was fun. SLU travels, Lafayette travels, Oakville travels, Lindbergh travels. Um, And then obviously in some of the tournaments we had, the Desmet Invite, Whitney Young, Fenwick came down. Uh, The Lindbergh Invitational, uh, New Trier came down. Um, So there were were quite a few out-of-town teams. We had uh, some teams from Ohio. I think we had a team from maybe Tennessee come in. Um, So it was kind of exciting to see Uh, it's always fun to see the unknown, as I like to say. Um, And I think the longer we play, the more there kind of is this you know, a little competition between Chicago and St. Louis and we like to go there and they like to come down here. And so, um, I think it's definitely good for our sport to get outside and kind of experience other styles of play and, and refing and, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, a big thanks to Patrick story. He did put together the top 10 this year. Um, I think we had two or three of those particularly released, um, and uh, a lot of jacking there because there was, as Ray mentioned, uh, there were a lot of close games. Um, a lot of teams beating teams that had beat other teams, and then they played again, and this team lost to that team. And so um, it was definitely, uh, as we say every year on the podcast, we like when there's when there's competitive games because that's what makes players better and coaches better. So um, that kind of gives you a little, maybe a little taste of what was going on this season since we weren't really checking in um, week to week with you. Um, and so next on the docket, we've got Water Polo in the news. And if we go all the way back to the um, STL today, uh, they obviously had a Players to Watch article right at the beginning of the season. Um, I'd say the centerpiece was uh, Ian Conway from Central, so they really highlighted him in goal um, as he was the, I think, Defensive Player of the Year last year, which is pretty exciting. Um, they highlighted some other athletes. Um, and then as the season progressed, um, you know, Greg Uptain, of course, always does a wonderful job um, of of getting us in the news. Um, I'd like to highlight Warren Mays. Uh, Warren generally writes for the West County News Magazine, but occasionally he's contracted for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And I think he was at the mm, he was at the maybe Marquette Tournament, uh, the Marquette Female Founders Cup, I think is what they were calling it. Um, and he did a little write-up um, that I think actually made it into the post-dispatch on uh, girls' water polo and the growth of it in St. Louis. Um, and so that was pretty exciting to see um, a highlight of that. And then as we kind of rolled into the end of the season, Ray, you just sent me a text today with another article. Why don't you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, Greg Optane was, I think, at the rounded eight games uh, on Tuesday of this week and uh, had a really nice article on the Kirkwood Lindbergh game uh, that Lindbergh won in overtime uh, by a score of 14 to 13 A very nice recap of of that game and particularly highlighting the Watson twins on Lindbergh um, who played a key role in in, in that win. So um, great article definitely would uh, recommend checking that out. And I'm I'm hoping he's going to continue the coverage uh, this weekend for the state tournament.
0: Um, I did mention the growth of, women's water polo in uh st louis and so a drum roll please right how many teams do we officially have this year give us the number right
1: yeah so last year there were seven and up to nine uh this year so so making slow progress every year which is which is
0: awesome which is awesome which is awesome so again as these dominoes continue to fall nine turns into 10 10 turns into 11 11 turns into 12 so on and so forth so uh ray you got anything you want to add on that
1: a lot of credit goes out to um, some of the club coaches that have played a key role in this, both initially with SLAP and then um, Lions now as well. But I, I've heard that uh, there are rumblings that uh, there may be some of the Catholic schools potentially interested uh, in, in having their own teams. It sounded like this year um, some of those girls were starting to get involved. And so um, I think once that happens, there there will certainly be even more interest. But um, I, I, I love seeing more and more teams every year that's definitely good for our sport
0: uh let's move on to let's talk some usa water polo right uh, i usually uh you know i pay my dues once a year if i remember to but i know you're generally a little more involved and in tune in that so um uh, what do you got for us
1: yeah so I, I think our region continues to represent well in usa water polo um earlier this spring uh jared lawson and kevin kerber stepped up to be on uh, the USA Water Polo Midwest Zone Board and are actively helping to advocate for um, the St. Louis area. Uh, zone Award winners, um, as well as the National Award winners, were just recently announced actually earlier today. Jared Lawson was actually recognized as the uh, Tom Hertzet National Referee Award. So um, that's, a, that's quite, quite an honor to um, recognize one of the St. Louis area um, referees nationally, and Jared is certainly deserving of that award.
0: Um, which is which is great to see. So yes. congrats. Congrats, Jared. Jared. Good job, man. Congrats. Um, what else you got with USA waterpolo We want to talk JOs at all? Yeah, JOs will be coming up again
1: uh this summer. Um USA waterpolo is planning on doing both the uh tournament out in California as well as the tournament in Texas. Hopefully our teams will be uh, participating and I'm I'm certain they will. Um, and then uh, this summer I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the the Clayton tournament that's going to happen uh july 14 through 16 at clayton park (laughs) always a great masters tournament and i definitely um yeah this year it sounds like there's going to be even uh, more teams coming it sounds like we have a team from atlanta we'll be bringing a team from boston and then we'll have columbus chicago st louis um and maybe some rumblings and some some teams from tennessee as well so i think this summer should be uh even more exciting uh tournament um that hopefully everybody will be able to come out and see some games for
0: All right. And also, I want to highlight, I got an email from Miguel about the five-meter water polo camp, which I think, I mean, we've had to have had this for the last four or five years, maybe longer than that, Um, hosted by Janai Kerr, who uh, Ray and I have had on the podcast before. It's June 17th through 18th. Uh, and you can find all information at the five meter.com, uh, water polo camp website. And, uh, I'm sure you will be able to find that through your local club. Um, but it looks like, uh, it'll be a good opportunity for athletes to learn some new stuff, meet some high level water polo players. And, uh, and I feel like most kids that have gone to that have walked away, um, having had a good experience and that will be at, if I didn't mention this, it'll be at MICDS June 17th and 18th. Ray, you got anything you want to add on that?
1: echo your thoughts hopefully uh, athletes are signing up always great to have people like that coming to st louis
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah. and the more people to sign up the more incentive for them to come back every year and and continue the tradition which is pretty exciting we'll be back in a short amount of time uh with coach casey and we'll get his thoughts uh ray you got anything else i don't all right this is charlie this is ray and we are signing off All right, and here we are, our Nearside Low podcast with our special annual guest, Coach Don Casey. Uh, Coach, welcome. Glad to have you.
2: I'm very happy to be here. I'm not so sure I'm special, but I'm very pleased oh, <laughs>
0: that you want to have me. I told Ray, I said, nobody listens to the podcast to hear us about the final oh, four yeah, they, they, want, they want to hear they i want, want to hear from you <laughs> well, <do>. thank you <laughs> thank you um okay so ray why don't, you, why don't you start us off
1: yeah so um we're as we've talked for recording here on wednesday before the uh final four um but before we get into that coach i uh, just wanted to get your overall perspectives on the high school season this year
2: i thought it was a good season um and i'm going to say something and it it's not meant to be a negative because if anybody's involved in athletics these things go in cycles. This was not an exceptional year, but it was a good year. There were, uh, I, I think we had a top three that were very competitive with each other. Nobody's undefeated. And then we had another five or six that were competitive. Um, in other words, there were 10 teams that were going back and forth with each other. And then there were a couple other teams that kept slipping in there would upset somebody. Like for instance, ABC beat us. I'm not sure they were top 18, but they beat us. Um, so these things happened. It was a very competitive year. The games were fun. Uh, I think that the, the, the spectators enjoyed watching them. Uh, it, they were exciting. So I, I think in that sense, this was a very good year in terms of developing interest in polo and St. Louis.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and we're, we're going to jump into the final four here. But as far as the first two sets of games go, the round of 16 and the round of eight, anything from any of those games that stood out to you?
2: Well, I think I think one team uh, should have been there in the final four that didn't get there, but you know, at least things happen. Kirk <laughs> fell a little short. <laughs> no, I think I think the games went the way they were, they were kind of expected to go. Uh, the competition was close, but I think they kind of went the way that they were expected to go. I know the top six teams, or the top five teams, we were ranked number five. Uh, Lindbergh was ranked number four. They all came out the way that they they were ranked. So I don't think there were any surprises in that sense. But the games were close. They were interesting. Let's get
1: right to it then. So Thursday um, is the first, is the, is the final four. The um, first game,
2: yeah,
1: yeah is going to be uh, over at Kirkwood. The first game's at 4 p.m. Um, and that game is Parkway Central against Lindbergh.
2: I, I think Parkway Central, I, I've always felt they were the best team in the area right now. Um, no disrespect to Slew or Parkway West. Um, I, I think they've got they've got the best goalie in the league. We've had some good goalies this year, but but Ian is the best goalie, offensively and defensively. Um, they've got a couple of good two meters that I'm very impressed with. I think they've done a good job, and they've got a couple of lefties that know how to play. And, and that's as a water polo coach, you want a good goalie, you want two meters that know how to play in front of the goal, and you want to, at least one, and if you can get two lefties who know how to play, and they, they've they got that balance. The other thing that is a strength for them is that they've been playing together for a long time. When they played in the club season, they played together as a group. So I think that's a big advantage for them going into this tournament. But I think they can be beat, as they have been this year. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think Limberg's going to be the team that'll beat them. I, I think they're just too good for Limberg.
1: And Parkway Central overall record this year, twenty four and three only loss um, in the St. Louis area was to slew by a score of nine to right. seven earlier this year. You saw Lindbergh just yesterday. What are some of the things that that team does well?
2: they've got a, they've got a two meter that's I think good. He's not outstanding, but he does some really good things. I, I, they play hard. All six of their players play hard. they they don't give up, they don't quit. Our game was, they kind of jumped out in front of us five to one, and then we had to come back. But they, even after we took a lead, we took a one-goal lead with about, I think it was a minute left or two minutes maybe. They kept playing hard. Um, I think they've got good balance. They play hard on defense, and they've got a two-meter. Maybe, I think there's two of them that didn't know how to play in front of the goal. Uh, I think half of their goals came out of the two-meter set, which is, for a high school team, is pretty good.
1: Okay, so that is game one tomorrow, and then game two um, is uh, the two versus number three. That's Parkway West against Slough High, a rematch of last year's state championship game. Uh, Slough and West have met two times already this year, Um, both games won by Parkway West. So, um, Coach Casey, uh, thoughts on this game?
2: Uh, I I think each team has their, their own set of strengths. I, I, if I had to bet, I, I would bet on Parkway West. Um, they've got experience. They've got two outstanding players, Kaz and and Adam. Uh, they also have a group that plays good defense and they play hard. Uh, and that makes uh, and they're talented. They've got some good athletes on the team. I, I know that probably their head coach sometimes wishes they would play better, but they've got a good group of kids. Uh, I, I I think that's uh, and their goalie solid. So I, I think that's what you like going in. Slew's advantage is simply that they have a lot of talent. They have depth. Um, he subs three four kids at a time, and that keeps them fresh. And they play hard, and they have a long tradition. One of the things that's hard to do, and I think, I think the Parker West coach is finding out that this, this was hard at first, and now he's developed the, the sense of this. It's hard to teach kids to be winners. It's hard to teach kids, uh, for instance, a high school, to consistently be successful Uh, year in and year out, but once that tradition is established, it's something you can build on, and SLU has that. Every year, they're a top 14, and they're a top 14 because the kids know how to win. They come up with a lot of experience at the lower level, and they come up with experience winning in big games, so I I think that uh, SLU's got the depth. I think they've got a, a lot of good kids, but I think Parkway West is probably a little bit better in terms of being stronger in front of the goal.
1: That, that will make for two exciting games tomorrow. I mean, one thing that stands out for me, both, both these games will be at Kirkwood High School, maybe a little bit earlier than we're used to seeing for the final four. First game will be at four. Uh, second game will be at 530. So you may have to hustle out of work a little early to get to those games. Um, but uh, worth heading over to Kirkwood. And then the format for the state championship is a little bit different this year as well. Um, the state championship this year is at Penville. The middle of the day. The the third place game will be at 11:30 a.m. for the boys. The first place game will be at 2:30 p.m. for the boys as well. So right, a uh, little bit different. Uh, Coach is curious to hear your thoughts on uh, on those game times.
2: Well, we we ran into a couple of problems with pool availability. For instance, uh, MICDS has to shut down their pool on Friday to uh, to pr- pr- repair their floor, and they're also putting in some lights, from what I understand so that they have better lighting. So we we just had to look other places. Limburg has a lot of construction going on, and I think that's probably why the ADs decided not to go down to Limburg for a tournament like this. Uh, I, I don't mind it being at Panville I, as far as afternoon. I, I don't know, we might get a better crowd. Uh, Saturday nights are always kind of tough, sometimes depending on the traffic and going all the way out to Redplex. Uh, it, it is different. The girls game is going to precede the boys game, and it's going to be, uh, I think it's at one o'clock. It'll be an afternoon game. Panvel's a good pool. I, I know some people don't like the fact that there's a two-lane buffer zone between the spectators and the one referee and the all-deep area. But I, I think it's a good pool. The acoustics are better. It's got great lighting. Um, I, I think it'll be a good pool. They've never held the state championship, so I think it'll be a good experience for our kids to see what it's like to play out there. I know that they have done a good job hosting tournaments in the past, and I, I'm looking forward to going out there and seeing what the experience will be like. It's all deep. It's going to be a great venue in terms of lighting and in terms of being able to hear. So it's going to depend on the kids to provide the entertainment.
0: The entertainment. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that should be should be fun. Um, looking forward to it. The
2: coaches are so. always interesting, Charlie.
0: Uh, we well. hope <laughs> The kids are too. We well, we hope they're not too interesting, but yeah, you know, yeah, so, I understand. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I mean, I love the uh, love the analysis. I'm looking forward to uh, some good games on Thursday night.
2: Uh, I think that I think both games will be good games. I I just I you haven't asked me what my rankings are going to be. <laughs> I think Parkway Central is going to be number one, and I think Parkway West is going to be a close number two. I'm sorry, Charlie. I I just think that they've got maybe <laughs> a little bit too much. Right
0: hey. No, no offense taken, Coach. No offense yeah. taken.
1: While you're while you're here, you you mentioned the uh, girls' games, which will be ongoing on Saturday as well. Um, the girls uh, will play their um, third place game will be at 10 a.m. Uh, their first place game will be at 1 p.m. So just directly right. before the boys' game. The final four for the girls are Ladue, Lindbergh, Parkway North, and Marquette. So um, also some some new teams in there as well. Yes. Um, Coaches, any any thoughts on either those teams or just girls polo in general in the area in the last year?
2: I, I think girls water polo has 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 grown. I like it because I think the more you have, the more kids that are involved in the sport. I think the better it is for the sport at both sides, both the girls and the guys. Um, I, I I don't know that there's a top team. Well, there I think there is a top team. I think Marquette seems to be the favorite team. I'm not sure. I haven't been following the girls too well because I've been working on the boys' side. But I know that Parkway North has had a good group. Marquette's had a very successful season. Um, and then the other two teams have done well, and I think they're looking to be competitive in these games. But I think Marquette and Parkway North may be the top two teams.
1: Um, give some credit to our JV programs as well. Each championship um, will be on Friday this year, uh, Friday this week. Um, Slough, Kirkwood, Ladue, and Parkway Central um, will be the teams there. Again, teams with strong varsity programs um, seeming to do well at the JV level as well. Um, so, just want to give some credit to those teams. Um, from my analysis, it seems that Slu has had a pretty strong year there as well. With uh, um, with the closest game in the St. Louis area being a six goal difference, but I think um, those games will always are always exciting. And so, I um, would encourage you to check those out on Friday yeah. as well. The
2: semis were today, and I was able to see both games. Um, Slu beat Kirkwood. It was a close game for about a period and a half. In fact, it was tied 1-1, I think, after the first period. And then SLU just pulled away. Uh, again, their depth is is what gives them uh, a, a real advantage over some of the other teams. And then Parkway Central beat Ledoux by, I believe the final score was 11-6. Parkway Central is clearly the better team. I, I'm not sure how Parkway Central would do with, with SLU because I haven't seen either of these two play other than the games I saw today. But I, it should be a good game. Parkway Central looks like they've got some good athletes, and they're well coached. And, of course, Flu always has good athletes, and they're very well coached. Um, and then the third-place game will be Kirkwood and uh, uh, Ladue. And these teams have met before. I think they've split. So it should be, it should be an interesting game for third-place, too. Uh,
0: Ray, you got anything else you want to add?
1: I don't. Um, exciting, uh, exciting weekend. Very excited to see what uh, what the results hold. So, um, coach, thanks for thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks always. for stopping by.
0: Always I appreciate it.
2: Always, you two are very interesting, and I appreciate the attention.
0: Uh, Ray, uh, that's all I got. And uh, I guess this is the Nearside Low podcast. We are signing off.